This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello. And welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermerwe. Today in episode 224, we're going to talk about integrating technology in literature studies. Now, when you think of literature, you're normally thinking of sitting and reading a book, and you probably are not thinking of tech, apart from if you happen to be reading it on a Kindle or some other electronic device. However, I would suggest that integrating technology can really help to... Uh, to help your child to understand what they're reading and to bring it to life. And I'm going to give you some ideas in this episode. The first idea I'm actually going to talk about is, is something that I used when I was homeschooling many years ago. The website existed, but now it's really souped up and a improved version. So it's for sort of, I think, K through eight. It's called bookadventure.com. It used to be free. Unfortunately, now it does cost. It's $50 per student. But if you're adding another student, it's only like $20 for each extra student. There is a seven-day trial, so you can go and have a look. And also the demo shows you quite a lot. Um, I haven't logged into it again. I've just looked at the demo, but it seemed to be based on the same idea as when I used to use it. And I really liked it for my children. Basically, your children can read any book they want. And then you go on, then you take quizzes. The quizzes will earn your points. And now they even have reading logs that you can, you know, through their website so that the kids can actually keep track of how long they're reading. And I'm assuming that will also score, score points. They also have like spelling and writing and graphic organizers, many other things to support the learning. And there is a rewards page. Now, when I was doing it, they did provide some rewards. They weren't very exciting. So as a parent, you can add rewards. And that's what I did. And it will be something that my kids actually wanted, whether it was an ice cream or they got to pick the board game we played that weekend, whatever you want. You can put a lot of different rewards that your child can work towards. So it's a good way as your child starts to read literature to make sure that they're understanding through the quizzes and encourage them to read by rewards. You can turn the rewards off if you don't want that part of it. You don't have to use it. So if you just want to use it for other things, you can do that too. But um, that link to that and everything else I mentioned today will be in the show notes. You can find those at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com or just scroll down in your podcast play and you will see them while you are busy listening. Another website which is useful is vocabulary.com. I went on there and I typed in Narnia and found they had vocabulary lists. And this is free, by the way. The app costs a little bit, but it's worth it. It's only 2 or $3 if you're having teens. Um, again, they, they, they score points. Uh, and you could you could translate that into rewards if you want to do that. Um, I did that with my daughter, and it really motivated her to do, learn a lot more vocab than she would have otherwise. Um, that's my youngest daughter. But just by typing in in uh, vocabulary.com, I typed in Narnia. There were lists associated with Silver Chair, Horse and His Boy, Magician's Nephew, etc. So that's a pretty good resource. Now, a lot of these other resources I'm going to talk about, I actually thought about 
and used when I was creating the Jane Austen class, which is um, a high school class I teach online. It's asynchronous. So there's no live components. I really wanted to make it interactive and fun. And I use tech to do that. So you can find that on Fund to Fund Academy. I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. The first and obvious thing I used were documentaries and even full versions of um, the movies based on some of the books that we covered. The documentaries obviously were just streamed off of whichever whichever website they were on. But for the documentaries, I used some crash course ones. They have them on various different works of literature. That's not everything, but uh, I think it was Pride and Prejudice I used it for. They you can also look for documentaries, and I found a really good one on Jane Austen, just on her life. But it was told through going to her different houses, and some of the them didn't even exist anymore so it was just the ground but uh the documentary maker she's really was very engaging and it really did open up what Jane Austen's life was like and you could see how it influenced her books so look for that about you know whoever you're studying the um you could also obviously look up for documentaries on the uh the author or one specifically on the books or even the time period or the country anything related will just help your child to understand the books better the other thing which i looked for were virtual museum tours for um, Jane Austen, her house actually has a really interesting walkthrough, and it's one of those where you can click on different things. You literally walk through it. It's like um, in Google Street View, where you just walk through from room to room, and you can click on things on the walls, and it's almost like being there. Not quite as good, but I haven't been there in person, and I really enjoyed wandering around it. Again, same as with the documentaries, you could also look for museums on a specific time or, you know, if it's set during World War II, you could say find a World War II museum to get a better idea of that. Um, another house I know that you can walk through is um, Anne Frank's house. So, you know, that's another tour you can you can look for. But that, again, makes it very interesting and interactive. And as I was talking about Google Maps, let me move on to yet another idea. If you if um, a book is set in a specific city, you can actually go into that city, go onto the streets maybe that are mentioned, particularly, you know, street, uh, um, places like London and Bath and Paris, and you can go and actually walk the streets. Now, they're modern. The oldest that you can see, because you can see in Google Street View, you can actually get um, pictures of from time, from years before, but the earliest it goes is 2007. So you're not going to be able to see you know, the London of the 1800s. However, much of the London of the 1800s still exists and Bath and all the rest. So it would still give some idea of what it was like. You know, if you're talking about a coastline, that coastline is still there. You can go and take a look. And so, you know, just being able to go there and walk around and, you know, feel the atmosphere as you're moving around, again, can give a little bit of an insight into a book. And obviously, if the book is more modern, that's even that's even better. Then the actual topics that are covered in the book, you may be able to do a deeper dive into those. I hadn't thought about this until um, Funder Funder's English teacher, Jenny Miller, posted on her, um, so she, she teaches our main English one class and the English honors class. She posted on her Instagram account that she was inspired to use the Skyview app because um, she was about to be studying Greek myth in her class 
And obviously Greek myth talks a lot about the different constellations. And so she went and she does, she enjoys space and the sky and the stars. And so she used the sky view app to look at those constellations. So again, you know, if, if the topic is perhaps beekeeping, you could go and find things about that. Or if there are a lot of birds in it, you might find a bird app and learn from that. But look for the tie-ins on the content matter and what tech you might be able to use to bring that content matter to life. Um, and then in a previous episode, which I will link to in the show notes, one of my teaching assistants, who also um, is a virtual assistant for Funder Funder Academy, she came on at the end of her senior year, and the um, the particular episode is apps for high school students. And the one app she mentioned I actually wasn't familiar with. Well, it's a, it's a website. It might have an app too, but it's called LitCharts, L-I-T-C-A-R-T-S dot com. And it's just kind of got summaries and themes and, and all things like that related to different works of literature. So whether you as a mom want to read up on it so that you can help steer discussions with your children, or whether you want to send them there, if you've told them to, you know, pick a theme and write about it as a starting off point, so that they can just, you know, take a look and see what it's about. You can go and look around that and see what could be useful for your children. Obviously, that's geared to teens. Another way you can you can integrate tech with literature is in the projects that you do. You know, typically, you just get your child to write an essay or maybe a book report, but you can do those in a tech fashion. Again, just going back to my Jane Austen class, um, I got the students at different times to create Facebook pages for some of the characters. They each picked a different character, I think, and they had to create a Facebook page as if they were that character, and then they looked at each other's. So they had to think through if Facebook had existed then exactly how did they think that person would have posted? What would they have said? I also did it with Instagram. They had to do a few Instagram posts. And, I, you know, obviously I gave them specific, specifics as to what I wanted them to do. They also had to create a brochure on Regency England. They had to do it as if it was a travel brochure, as if they were in a different country and they were considering going to England at that time. What would have been the selling points? That was right at the beginning when I was trying to explain to them what the um, England of that time was like so they could understand the background that the books were set against. You could, um, as we mentioned, book reports, you could do digital book reports. They could do videos, maybe just themselves talking, or they could actually create a video, whether it is um, something like Powtoon, which does animated ones, or they could use something like Canva or iMovie to actually create a video. They could create a comic strip. There are tools to make all these things really easy and fun. And they use technology, which obviously kids like. And plus, they need to know how to use them. And colleges will get them to do this. I, I, I can tell you, this is the, these are the kinds of things that students do need to know how to do. But uh, it's a different way of them actually presenting what would normally just be done on paper, you know, paper and pen project. So lots of different things are there. And we've had previous episodes where I have spoken about digital projects and you can go back and listen to some of those to get ideas on what you could do. And the final one that I want to talk to you about is a topic that's in the news all the time and chat GPT. 
Now, if you haven't really listened to the three episodes on ChatGPT that I did, go and listen to those to give you some kind of groundwork. But I'm just going to come up, tell you something that I thought of as I was prepping for this podcast interview. And obviously, students could be using ChatGPT to cheat. And in fact, right when it came out, I actually went and I asked it to write me an essay on the topic of pride and pride and prejudice. And it came up with a very interesting essay. So do be, be aware that if your child is on ChatGPT, that, you know, you need to have a talk to them about the fact that it's not a good idea just to use it for that purpose. I would suggest instead that you sit with them and you use ChatGPT in a creative fashion. You could think what you could ask ChatGPT about the different characters in a book, for instance, and you could come up with what you think that character would answer a certain situation and then see what ChatGPT thinks. And then you could have a discussion as to whether, you know, who you think is better, your teen's version or ChatGPT. So here was a topic, here was a prompt I gave it. I said, what would Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice think about AI? And this is what ChatGPT answered. As a fictional character from the early 19th century, Mr. Darcy would not have had direct knowledge or exposure to AI to understand it today. However, based on his personality traits and values, it is possible to speculate on what his opinion might be. Mr. Darcy is portrayed as a reserved and analytical character who values reason and logic over sentimentality. He also has a strong sense of duty and responsibility, especially towards his family and estate. Given these traits, it's likely that he would be interested in the potential practical applications of AI, such as its ability to automate tasks and increase efficiency. However, Mr. Darcy is also shown to be skeptical of anything that he perceives as threatening to traditional values and social norms. He is initially dismissive of Elizabeth Bennet, for example, because of her lack of social standing and connections. Similarly, he might be wary of AI if he saw it as a threat to human autonomy or employment. And kind of just then has a little sum, sum up. Now, as I said, if you've asked your child this question first, and then you go and see what ChatGPT thinks, and then you can debate. Who do you think has the better answer? Or you could just start with ChatGPT and just say, do you think it's correct? Um, can you find passages in the book that back up what he says, or passages in the book that you think go against what he says? You can use ChatGPT in this way to be to, to really get your child to think. And you could perhaps get your child to think of three or four questions that they would like to ask um, ChatGPT about characters in the book. So, you know, it's it's a good way of teaching your child to interact with ChatGPT, um, you know, to use AI uh, in a creative fashion without just using it to do the work for you. So there you have it. I hope you have enjoyed these ideas as to how you can use technology to enhance your literature studies. And if you have any more ideas, do please come and share them with us. Come to our Facebook group, Homeschooling with Technology podcast community, also linked in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this and you think other people will find this useful, I would love it if you would share it on social media or just send it to a friend or just mention it as you're talking to friends. And obviously, a rating and review would really help us get found by more people. Well, that's all for this week, and I'll see you again, same time, same place, next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.